You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Happy opening week from us at the Rouge, White and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Oz Davis. I'll be the host and we've got a full virtual house today with guests. But first, my co-host, Joe Pritchard. Joe, you're going up there for week one. How about I'm playing on Wednesday? I got the, uh, I had the pickup at the bank today for the currency. And that's when it always feels the most real to me is once I have that in my hand, it's like, I'm going, aren't I? Even though I've been playing with the flights and, uh, and all the, you know, the documents they need these days. Once I had the money in my hand, it was like, yeah, this is happening. Oh, right. Yeah, that's always your thing, right? That's the ultimate signal is getting that foreign money. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about um, your specific plans on, on the trip. I'd like to get that breakdown one more time. Uh, but let's welcome on our guest first. First, we have Andrew Hoskins from the Turf District Podcast. How are you this evening, sir? I am doing grand. It is nice to be back chatting football with you guys. And, uh, you know, I, I will admit I, I have the Euler game on in the background. But, oh, nice. uh, you know, we're, we're all set for uh, some week one football. And uh, I, I'm very excited. I, I, we're both going on trips, Joe. I'm headed out to the first game in Vancouver as well. So it's, uh, you know, got to go see our teams. It's, it's been too long. It has. <laughs> Sorry to mess with the uh, the Oiler game. I actually I actually turned off the College Softball World Series, which I've been watching like a addict this past couple of weeks. I'm totally into that. Oh, well, what's the score at this point? Uh, it's just like they're just singing the anthems right now. So oh, it's great! So it's, the so it's so it's zero it's, zero. Hey. It is. Yeah, it's it's the closest that we've been. It, it is zero. Yeah. <laughs> Good but, luck, man. I, I don't want the Avalanche to win this series, man. Good luck to you guys. Man. I, I, I appreciate way it. rather have you guys. You guys and the Rangers. I no more lightning. No more, no more avalanche. All right. And finally, last and certainly not least, as they say, is Will Gerder from the Argos Fancast. Will, how are you this evening? I'm great. Always great for week one of CFL. <laughs> yeah, for week one of the first normal season in like what, forty-seven years? Forty-seven years, yeah. Well, approximately, it sure seems yeah. like that. Well, uh, we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about today uh, as we head into week one. I want to get a season overview. We'll get some some views from the fans, whatnot, from the podcasters. Um, but okay, so let's start off first. I'm going to go to Will first. Generally speaking, Will, as, as we head into this first normal season in 47 years, what are your just general expectations for this season? What do you expect to see this year in the CFL? I hope to see, uh, I'm interested to see if these rule changes increase scoring and all a little bit. I know we're all, everybody's up in arms about these 17 to 14 games. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody really wants to go back to, you know, 50 to 47 like it used to be. But, you know, can these new rule changes bring back some of that entertainment to the game? People think that's been lost a little bit over the last few years. And um, 
will it, you know, put more butts in the stands? Yeah, it's like, can you get something between the 70s NFL and Arena League? <laughs> it's like, can yeah. you find something between those two things? That would be good. That would be good. We uh, don't what want about- we Yep, we don't want Doug Flutie and Ken Austin circa nineteen ninety three anymore. But oh, we we kind of want Doug Flutie. All right, how about you, Andrew? Uh, any expectations for this season? Anything you'd like to see? Uh, you know, I just I'd like to see some entertaining ball. I'm I'm excited that we actually had a preseason. We had training camp. Mm, we had yeah. real preseason games. Uh, I'm excited now, granted, I understand as I'm talking from an Elks perspective that I'm probably still, my team's in preseason for at least another four weeks before they start to, because Chris Jones turns over a roster a hundred times in the first month. So, uh, (laughs) it's not something that, uh, you know, I, I expect that we'll be flying too early, but I, I am excited to see what happens when we get into August. And and now that these teams have all had preseason last year, it was like, we didn't hit that stride until it was almost playoff time. And I want to hit that stride early. And like Will said, I want to see that uh, those exciting games back. And, And I think, with it being a normal season, or I should put air quotes normal, but as, as normal as we can get it, I think we're, we're, hoping that we get back to that we get that excitement we get the battles between these teams that uh you know especially in their own division where you're seeing guys more uh we're going to see those heated rivalries rivalries and great games okay joe i'm going to throw this uh question at you as well but i don't want to hear anything involving the number three or uh the word (laughs) consecutive okay but other than that how about you? What are you expecting the season? What would you like to see? I'd just like to see the season get off to a hot start. A couple, you know, a couple games a week that have people talking about them, uh, just raving about how great they were to watch. Because we've had a off season, and really, the last three years have been just full of negative negativity. And I want us to get back to going to on Monday morning. We're talking about how awesome the weekend's games were as opposed to all the problems that the CFL has. And granted they have some problems, but it's been three years straight of hearing nothing but that I'd love to just, I'd love to just talk about, Hey, did you see that catch? Hey, did you see that comeback? Let's get back to that for a while. We can, we can go be negative in January when it's cold and there's nothing else to do. Well, yeah, as bizarre as that whole labor thing was, at least like the heavy media portion of it was only about like two weeks, right? It was very confusing two weeks. It's on, it's off, it's on again, you know, but I mean, at least it was over pretty quickly. So yeah, I I actually kind of get that sense that's happening, Joe. I I, kind of get the sense that people are ready for the the non-political side of football. Uh, so here we go into 2022. Now I wanted to talk some, some general just overview of the season and whatnot. Uh, we're going to start as is traditionally done in the CFL on the West side. And, um, Andrew, we're, uh, really pleased to have you on the show today. I'm sure that you're, you're probably in somewhat heavier demand right about now because, well, what's up with the Elks? <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, 
you know what? It's been, oh, I don't know, three, <laughs> three years of turmoil and, and uh, it, you know, they, they made a statement, right? They made a statement last December, uh, cleaning house. No, no more Jamie Elizondo, no more Brock Sunderland, no more Chris Presson. Um, the entire top of the team was gutted and um, it, it, it made a statement. And the one thing that I will say is that the, the Elks have made a lot of big steps in trying to, you know, get back into being a positive force, both in the community and for the fans. I, I think the disconnect that was happening, you could even feel it near the beginning of last season. And then by the mid season, it was really bad uh, that, you know, fans didn't even want to go anymore. Like we right. can't, we can't win at home and they don't even want to do anything for us. And there was yep. no, there, there, there was no connection. So I really think, you know, Chris Jones coming in. The one thing I will say is that the guy knows how to build a team and he has guys that love to play for him and he knows how to run a defense. And those are the things that I'm okay. I, I want to see some, Yeah, I know that it's going to be a process. They're going to turn over the entire roster, but they're going to find a way to make it exciting. And, uh, the nice thing I found is that then they brought in G Roy Simon, who is now the guy who can have the community conversation a little more than Jones and, uh, and is, is good that way. Uh, but then they knocked it out of the park by getting Victor Kui and he has done leaps and bounds in making sure that, you know, if you're in Edmonton, how do we make you a fan? How do we get you back? How, what are the things that you're missing? And he's done everything in his power to make those things happen uh, and connect with people. So now as we get out into training camp and we see some of these new guys that are playing and we see the, the speed on the defense and we see the double barrel at, at practice and you, you see all these things happening, it's like, okay, th this is starting to feel more like normal. And starting to feel more like, okay, we're a part of something again. And, and so I, I'm pretty excited to see how it goes. Do I think that, you know, the Elks are at this particular moment, do I think they're like, you know, gray cup bound? No, but I do think that they will put at least a team on the field that might win a game at home. And to me, that's a big step. Okay. I, let's talk about the new guys real quick. <clears throat> I guess Nick Arbuckle is the starter, presumably, and presumably Mike Beaudry is out. Um, what about the other three? Taylor Cornelius, uh, Trey Ford, Carl Loxley. What do you make of these guys? I mean, they played a bunch in the second preseason game. I got the stats here. It's a combined 23 of 39, 245 yards, zero TDs, and they each threw one pick. Um, do you have any insight into who the backup might be, especially seeing as how important backup quarterbacks are in the CFL? Yeah, I think that it's, uh, it's a no brainer. Like you said, if, if Arbuckle is healthy, he's the starter game right. one. Like there's no, he, he separated himself as the leader and as the number one throughout training camp. And so I, I think that he would absolutely be the starter as long as, as he's healthy, because we weren't sure there, he got a little nicked up and, uh, and didn't participate a whole lot in the, in the third week of training camp. So, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, but I think right now, uh, my, if I had to guess, I would say that, um, he would be the starter. And I think 
Trey Ford might actually be the backup. And the reason that I say that is because they're trying to get him some of that on-field experience and uh, he may not hit, see the field, but at least get the chance to be watching the game at field level because he's learning every week. You see him doing more things. Taylor Cornelius is still around because the, he, between him and Arbuckle, that's a little bit of CFL um, experience. Yeah. Uh, whereas right. Kyle Oxley, although he looked great, um, he is, you know, he, he doesn't have any experience either. So I think they're going to try and find, I think one of those guys will probably end up, um, you know, stubbing a toe as we get uh, closer to the game and, and we'll be on the IR. Um, but I think it's, uh, it's going to be interesting how they, how they play this depth chart all the way around. But my guess is if Arbuckle's good, he's, he's, he's the starter. If he's not good, I think actually the starter will be Cornelius to go with a little bit of the experience to get through until they can get uh, Trey Ford kind of up to speed. Well, I mean, you really have to think that, in the CFL, your, your, your number two quarterback is going to see some time. Yeah, absolutely. Injuries happen game schedule and it's pretty much schedule. how it happens. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so they're good. I think they're going to be cautious with it, but I, I think that that's kind of where it'll lie out right now. Um, I, I've, after preseason, I was like, hmm, did Kai Loxley play Cornelius out of a position? Um, but again, I think the experience factor has him still here. So we'll see how that, how that plays out over the next probably eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last question on the Elks. What's the, uh, what's the ceiling for these guys this year? Oh, well, it's a Chris Jones team. So, I mean, (laughs) ceiling is getting it all. Of course. No. Um, uh, what I realistically on the field, we were, oh, well, now you're just being picky. I don't know. Um, I would say that uh, I will say that I think the floor for this team is probably seven wins. And, and I think the ceiling is probably 10. Um, hmm. And, and seven wins. That, wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I think, cool. I think especially as they get later in the season and the defense starts to come together, I think they will, th- th- that defense will win them some games that that's how a Chris Jones team works. Right. Wow. Um, I don't know that, like it won't be as bad as last year. It's not going to be as good as 2015 or 14. So, uh, you know, I, I would put it somewhere in the middle there. Wow. Well, I know Joe's not buying seven wins for Edmonton. Will, are you buying that? Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I'm glad I, you I, thought I, about until it. I can see some certainty at quarterback there yeah yep i and i get that absolutely but i think that's part of the reason that they kept a bunch of uh the uh veteran receivers right you look manny arsenault caleb holly uh making the the 46 because they can help to make your your inexperienced receiver look or quarterback look good (laughs) right so um so i I think that's part of the reason that they have that makeup. So, um, and the running game should be great for this year uh, between James Wilder Jr. And if it has to be Walter, Walter Fletcher, they both can light it up. And I, I think the running game will be uh, really good this year. I do worry about Wilder Jr. I, 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 do, I do wonder how much gas he has left in the tank. Um, okay, Joe. Okay, Joe. 
Um, I'd like you to talk about your Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but I'd much rather hear about your trip. Okay. Well, we've said enough. We've had enough Winnipeg guests on the last little while. To okay. Have covered kind of covered the gamut. We we think Winnipeg is good. <laughs> so, uh, just it's a simple trip. I'm just gonna go see the opener, the banner, the banner getting dropped. Uh, just finally get back after it's been 2019. It's been since before COVID was a thing. So it's time to go back finally. I, I can't wait. Okay. So you're doing the Montreal Ottawa thing later in the year. Later in the year. Yep. Okay. This is when just it, for the Winnipeg opener. Okay. Great. 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 And this was a Valentine's gift, gift for my wife. So nice. she knows how much I love it. So she showed, she showed me how much she loves me and said, here, you're going to the opener. Oh, oh wow. okay. We're also way- still doing Montreal Ottawa, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> Way to Joe's heart is through his pigskin. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's uh that's a different comment altogether, I think. We don't know what we need to, yeah. yeah. Now let's now, not get rooster and blue just... after dark. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Title of the podcast. That's right. Yeah. Oh my god. No. It our white and blue. The world is, <laughs> the world is not ready. The world is not ready. Uh, in any case, in any case, okay. So, hmm, not sure how we should go from here. Uh, okay, all right. Let me throw this one out there because this is one that's actually been getting a lot of play from our guests on the on the show this preseason. Um, let me go to Will first. What do you think about the odds of a crossover from an Eastern team, and if so? Who do you have as the two teams from the West that make it? And I'll do Will first here. Will? It would be wonderful for this to happen for once. But I do know the the five versus four sometimes creates a, a problem with there. Uh, so, sorry, Andrew, but if the two teams who are going to be out, wait, it would be two teams in the West would be out, right? It'd be three, three, it'd be three, three teams, teams in the, in the West, West would be out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Two teams in. I mean, mm-hmm. the safe pick is BC and Edmonton. But I might throw Saskatchewan up there as a team that could. I, I, I don't know. I just – something about that team this year doesn't strike me as particularly uh, a lock like they might have been in previous years. That makes me feel so good because I've been saying that all off season. <laughs> And, and I always ask, I always ask whoever, whoever I bring it up to, it's a, like, this might be my blue and gold talking, but, but you're like the third or fourth person that has said that. So it makes me feel better than it's not just me being a homer. Like, I mean, Cal, we always like to throw Cal, it's always trendy to throw Calgary under the bus beginning of the year, but they always figure out their, 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 their stuff. Yeah. Um, it took them a little longer last year, but they still did it. Yeah, and I mean, um, you know, BC. I think we're all rooting for those two Canadian quarterbacks to succeed. And um, except this week, yes. <laughs> sorry, Andrew, I, I picked BC at home, oh, and uh, I think we know what Winnipeg's going to be. So I might throw Saskatchewan out there as one of those two teams that's going to miss the playoffs. Saskatchewan feels like a big question mark. And I realize that it's just preseason, but Calgary looked really good. 
And I think that's important because, again, yeah. they're, ju- they're just demonstrating again that, hey, this team is but, deep. Uh, this team is deep, right? We're uh, going to go three deep on you. That's well, it at every position. You know? To me, though, it really depends on how willing is Dave Dickinson to finally move away from Bo Levi Mitchell. He struggled mm. in that preseason game, and I don't think he played against Edmonton. Am I right? Um, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, and Jake Meyer looked, you know, decent. So, you know how how quick, you know, how much rope is Dave Dickinson going to give Bo Levi this year, given the interception problems that seem to have emerged, and you know his overall health. I mean, it's Bo's what he- in his thirties now. Yeah. He yeah. kind of he kind of declined a bit at the end of last season. I yeah. felt like, and um, well, I th- you know again, I I don't think he's going to play. He's going to start all eighteen games. I mean, <laughs> this is the CFL. I guess it just depends on the capacity of the stamps, and they've done it in the past to win these you know ten to nine games. Yeah, you know, to, to where the defense just like allows zero points in the second half. You know, it's it's gonna, you know, if if they can maintain that, hell, Bo could start all year. Well, if <laughs> if, if, if the preseason kind of game is 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 any indication, right. they're gonna be amazing on special teams. <laughs> they can right. win a game that way, right? Right. Can, right. Yeah, so, and yeah. and they're holding the offense to single digits in both of those games. So it's like, so yeah, all this crossover talk is based on the premise that these four Eastern teams look pretty good. So let's talk to Will. How about them Argos? How will your guys uh, do this year? This fantasy team, as, as, I, as I think of it, um, how, how, what, what are you looking at the Great Cup this year? Do you think you're yes, going to win? Uh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, there, there's no real reason not to. You know, they, um, they, they, they did fall short last year. Uh, lost a tough uh, Eastern final Hamilton, but, you know, they went ahead and, and still added to the their core, you know, Andrew Harris, Brandon Banks, Jagera Davis. Yes, they're all on the, uh, the wrong side of 30, but they're guys who have uh, played at a high level in this league and, um, you know, hopefully add some veteran presence to, you know, along with Hinak Mwamba, Eric Rogers and others in order to get them over the hump. Um, I'm, you know, there's no denying that it's going to be tough. You know, Hamilton's always going to be a tough team. Ottawa's improved. Montreal is, is, you know, a tough team. So it's the, the Eastern division is probably the best it's been since 2015. Oh, I think so. I think so. Um, I, uh, well, you know, the, the thing about over thirties, you guys probably all three of you probably know a lot more about the CFL, especially recently than I do. But I mean, can you do this in the CFL? Can you build a team that is comprised mostly of veterans? Like, like, you know, wrong side of 30 guys, as you said, and, and, you know, win, be competitive. I mean, I think, I think we've proven in the NBA, you can't do that, but can you do that in the CFL? Um, sure. I mean, last year they, they still had a lot of guys who were on the other side of 30 and they still won nine games. Yeah. You know, so you mix it in with, uh, you know, you still mix it in with a bunch, you know, they have younger guys in the secondary a little bit, you know, in their receiving core, there's some younger guys as well. And 
So, you know, as long as you don't have, as long as you have young guys who can fill in, I guess, when those guys over 30 get banged up, um, you, you can do it. I mean, the, the biggest question, of course, is Andrew Harris at running back. And the Argos, you know, did go ahead and they drafted uh, Daniel Adaboboye in the second round, I think it is. Um, you know, trying to create that Brady Oliveira, Andrew Harris tandem like Winnipeg did. And, um, you know, the question is, though, will he be able to step, would he be able to step in and um, uh, fill in? I know a guy like Brandon Banks, uh, you know, he, I guess, hasn't had the same amount of injury trouble, but, you know, they have a lot of receivers. I think the Argos like it, it, behind him, you know, Curly Gittins Jr. emerged as one of the best Canadian receivers in the league last year. And, uh, you know, they got a few other, you know, Devers Daniels is still around, the younger guy, and uh, they have some uh, rookies who they also like. So it is possible. Uh, and it's just making sure you got the guy you can, you know, plug and play, right? Brandon Banks may not have been injured last season, but he had a weird season. Yeah, he, Some, he did. Something was up there. Something was yeah. up there. So, um, but all indications but, is he looked he's looked right pretty good during training camp. I mean, he during the preseason game last year, uh, or not last year, Friday. Uh, MBT tried to connect with him a few times. He caught about three passes. They targeted him seven times. Uh, had a couple slight overthrows, but um, you know every, everything. You know Ryan Dinwiddie likes him, and uh, you know what though we're not. He doesn't have to catch. He doesn't have to have fifteen hundred receiving yards anymore with that group in Toronto between him, Eric Rogers, Devaris Daniels, Marky Fambles, and, and you know Curly Gittens. He can get his 700 800 yards and and the group as a the receiving core as a whole can do the the job without having one guy you know over that 14 1500 yard mark mm-hmm. okay uh just wanted just wanted to throw in there real quick that uh it was it was nice that uh toronto picked up chad kelly former yeah. mr mr irrelevant mm-hmm. love it Love it. And he, he could be the first ever, like, Mr. Irrelevant to start a CFL game at quarterback. That would be. And you know what? He, awesome. he has all the, he has all the tools. He's mobile. Oh, sure. he, yeah, yeah. And um, he was great at Ole Miss. Yeah. I mean, he, was great career. Friday, he looked, he came in in the second half, led a great drive uh, for a touchdown, you know, through crisp passes, everything, tight needles, everything like that, ran the ball around a little bit. He did. Um, then Hamilton flipped the field position a little bit, and I found that Kelly he struggled a little bit. He threw an interception and then had a few other uh three and outs. But what Ryan did, what he actually did was uh, the third stringer Austin Simmons played most of the fourth quarter, but when it came down to the, the final minute, there Hamilton kicked the ball or punted the ball, and the Argos had a nice return to about the Hamilton 50. He puts Chad Kelly back in there and, you know, basically tells him, you know, go win, it wins us the game. Kelly completes a few passes and Boris Beattie's able to kick the game winning field goal. So it was nice to see Dinwiddie put Kelly in that spot and to see Chad Kelly succeed. Oh boy. Boris Beattie kicking a last second field goal for you guys yeah. in the playoffs. 
I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, okay. One last question on the Argonauts. Um, as an Argonauts fan who who believes that uh, they have a real shot at, you know, winning the Grey Cup this year, which Eastern team are you looking over your shoulder at, and why is it the freaking Hamilton Tiger Cats? Guys, it's always the Hamilton. <laughs> I mean, come on now, come on now. Well, you're, you know what? Really they, be... they, uh, you know, Dane Evans is a good quarterback. Yeah. Um. I don't know. You know, they still got Braylon Addison receiver. Yeah. I don't know what the depth is like around him anymore. Um, but you can never discount their defense either. Orlando Steinauer is too smart to, yeah. you know, he's too smart not to have guys who can, who can go in there and play at a high level. And Mark Washington's a very good coordinator as well. But you know, I'm not, you can't discount, you know, Vernon Adams, you know, he may be a wild card, but, you know, they have, I, I think Montreal has the best QB depth. I mean, they have Trevor Harris mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So if, if Adams goes down they're they're not losing much. And Ottawa, you know, we'll see how, how all the free agents gel, but, you know, it's, you can look at all three teams and be, you know, worried, whereas, Last year, you knew Ottawa was the free spot on the bingo card. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we not the, we, yeah. We only got to play the Elks late in the year once yeah. we had to wrestle our starters. So, yeah. That's, I was just going to say, uh, what was this free space on the card that you were talking about? Because we kept losing to them. Mm. Well, but yeah. Needless to say, we, we were the free space last year. We better not. We lost to the free bingo space. Yeah, well, uh, when it was basically a, uh, a preseason game with yes. all guys who hadn't played all season, it's like, well, yeah. of course. Yeah. What was the score of that game? Wasn't it like 11 9 or some stupid yeah, thing? Yeah, 13 it was to horrible. 12 or something. It was brutal. It was, like, it was, it was a horrid game. I to watch. sat there the whole game. You know, Will, <laughs> you're a better man than me. That was. <laughs> That was something else. I barely could get through it on TV. It was so bad. But anyway, whatever. I'm, I'm, I got to say, I'm sick of the Tiger Cats. It always be the Tiger Cats. Uh, Andrew, can you throw any dirt on Hamilton for me? Uh, well, I am worried about their kicking game this year. I, I don't know that they have that, that, you know, that lockdown field goal kicker. And I think, Winnipeg proved it last year. If you don't have a really good field goal kicker, it, it uh, you know, it can cause a problem. So uh, if there is kind of a, a, a kink in the armor for Hamilton, that would be where I'd be looking is that, that special teams and, and their kicking. And uh, is that, is that going to bite them? Well, Tough it's, to say. It's, it's the board's beating effect. It bit, it bit them twice last year against Toronto for that matter. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And they, it's, uh, but they, they haven't really gone out to improve it. Right. You, you look at, you know, um, uh, if we were going to talk about the gray cup champions, it's the same thing. Like, is the, what, where's the kicking? Right. Because, you know, Sergio is now out in the uh, green and gold. So that's important. Um, but, uh, you know, being that we, you know, we know the importance of kicking. We've had Sean White for so many years and and now he's out in BC. So uh, I, I don't know. I think though, if we were going to look at some of those top two teams from last year, that's the ones where I think the question might land is mm-hmm. wh- where, what is that kicking going to do? Mm-hmm. 
All right, let me frame it this way for, for Joe then. Joe, am I looking at this scenario? Good news, bad news. The bad news is that the Owls are going to finish fourth. The good news is they're going to cross over. Is that what I'm looking at? You know what? And then I we got to have... go to Calgary and we're going to win? <laughs> I really don't know what to make of Montreal this year. Yeah. They're either going to be first place or fourth place. I have them sitting third because I just legitimately don't know which way they're going to break. But it's either going to be Boomer Bus, I think, this year for him. Well, we're putting our trust in Kari Jones and William Stanback. That's the thing. If, 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 you know, yeah, we've been waiting for this. Kari's got to get that leash on, on, you know, our, our Vernon, and he's got to call the right place for Vernon. I mean, this is what we've been saying for, you know, the whole time he's been coach, which, He's done an awesome job at, but I don't know. When you get a gunslinger, you get a gunslinger, you know, and that's what we got Montreal, a gunslinger. So, okay. At this point, I'd like to talk some predictions. Uh, Joe is a hardcore and he's actually got record by record predictions. So I'm dying to hear this. Can we start with this, Joe, and then maybe sure. we can get you guys some of some of your season predictions afterwards? Yes, and tell me what and tell me how I'm wrong because I sure <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm sure I'm wrong on at least one of them. I can yeah. tell you which one you're wrong on. Wait, yeah, no. I know how Andrew's <laughs> going to disagree with you. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so starting out west, I've got Winnipeg fourteen and four, Calgary eleven and seven, Saskatchewan seven and eleven. BC oh. six and twelve, and Edmonton five and thirteen, and I think they pick up most of the five on the second half of the year. Uh, for the East, I've got Toronto eleven and seven, Hamilton ten and eight, Montreal nine and nine, which, like I said, is the one I guarantee I'm wrong on. They're either well above that or well below that, but I don't know which way, so I'm just going to pick the middle. Yeah. And I've got Ottawa eight and ten because I've been predicting since like february that there's going to be a crossover so the numbers had to bear that out wow that race for the that race for that 60 is very close yeah it's one game yeah that you have it's one two and three i think games back in the standing sport okay i guess i can live with that but by maybe you should have made two standing sports, you know, one with the owls at 12 and six and one with them at six and 12, because <laughs> well, seriously, yeah. because by your own admission, you're wrong. Right. So right off the bat. So it's just that's like, okay. That's, history, history will prove I'm wrong. Like I remember last year anyway. I Edmonton to finish second and, yeah. and make some noise in the playoffs. So yeah. I'm guaranteed to be wrong no matter what. So I might as well go then, with Gusto. Then right? I'm very happy with what you went with, Joe, because you could just put us <laughs> at the bottom and be wrong. That's okay. That's I'm, I'm okay I mean, with that. I, I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with this. I, I can I can totally survive around that. Um, but I, you know what? I your, your standings are not much different than what I had, honestly. I, I still had Winnipeg finishing first. They've had probably the most continuity of every any team in, in the West, maybe outside of the Riders, but they really have done well as far as continuity is concerned. Um, I have uh, Calgary in second because I feel like they want to prove that they're not 
going backwards uh, after last year. And one thing I've learned is no matter how many times I want to say Calgary is going to suck it this year, they still find ways to win and it ticks me off. So, um, and then Ryan does a happy dance and you look at him and say, why are we friends again? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I have to say that every year. And and this time I have to say it like three times because I, we play them all these times. I'm like, Oh, what, what did I do? What did why I do? Not, why not in two years when we're oh, good again? That's, that's, that's right. Could you like make this a little better? Um, and then, uh, so I had those two, then I had uh, Saskatchewan and then I had Edmonton and then I had BC. So uh, not, terribly different mm. uh, as far as uh, as standings go um with you joe hmm bc and last wow okay all right will what are you thinking uh i think besides you know i had saskatchewan out of the playoffs so i'll flip saskatchewan and bc um but the rest of it i i don't think uh, i mean winnipeg i don't want to say should walk away with the west but Calgary at 11, seven, that's a pretty bold. I might put them in nine or 10 wins. Um, wow. Wow. See, cause I was going to go the other way. I was going to, I was going to say maybe I could imagine Winnipeg and Calgary, like neck and neck the whole way. And maybe both finishing at around 13, five, 12 and six. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Because again, like, okay. If the West is playing more Western teams this year, and we think that there are two and a half like below average teams already in the West, I mean, you know, Winnipeg and Calgary are going to do some stomping around here. It, it, it's funny because I, I picked Saskatchewan to beat Hamilton this weekend because Hamilton always seems to play not as well at the beginning of the year. Well, but, it's Calgary that tends to get off to a slow start. Yeah, um, well, I had Montreal beating them, so yeah. Well, yep, yeah, Montreal's good. <laughs> Montreal's going to win that game. Yep, there, we're going to win. Yes, because then after like, geez, last year after like what three, four weeks, I was like, we're going to go to the Great Cup. It's going to be yeah. awesome. <laughs> again, again, it, it, it's you know like Winnipeg, Calgary, then BC because I want those two Canadians to succeed, but. <laughs> Nor do I think they're, you know, a 10-win team yet, for example. Saskatchewan's going to take a, a dive. And Edmonton, I think 5-13, and 13, Joe, is the same record that Chris Jones was in his first year in Regina, if memory serves. So. Because that's exactly how I picture this year going. It's going to be a struggle for a while. Yeah. He's going to go through, like Andrew said, he's going to go through, a, like, almost a full roster of players. But he's going to start to find his guys. They're going to start gelling. <laughs> And they're going to piss a couple teams off near the end of the season yeah, that spoiler. thought that they were the free yeah. the free space, and they won't be the free space by October. Yeah, right. you can see you can see the thing where they win like four of the last six. You know, it's just like everybody say, "Oh, we just got to win this game, and we'll clinch." And then, oops, you didn't win that game. <laughs> um, as long as we can do that to Calgary, it's fine. I'm gonna. Then, our, then my season is successful. Yeah. I think that. You know, we're pretty much all on the same page in the West, but I'm going to be outrageous and I'm going to pick Hamilton for fourth place in the East uh, simply because oh. these things happen. These things happen. I don't mind. You know, it, it's <laughs> like, look, for what, three, four years, so two or three seasons, 
you know, they've been in the championship. They've been presumed to be the, you know, champions for a couple of years before that, you know, at least championship contenders. You know, it was a big deal with them getting the home stadium and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, I mean, how long does that window stay open? I mean, again, especially if the premises, we think that all these other three teams in the East are improved. I mean, how long does it... And, and again, too, especially there's no shame if I say, yeah, they're going to come forth at uh, what? That what, 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 10 and eight, maybe nine and nine and make the playoffs. I mean, that's no shame if these other Eastern teams are good. But, you know, I just these things happen. You know, you, you, you don't pick the same team to win every year. So one of these days I'm going to hit. <laughs> one of what? these days I'll hit. I would I would refer you to the last 15 years of the Calgary Stampeders to say that it's possible to stay up there for a very long time. Even though you keep saying they're going to go down, they somehow find some crazy player and they do better. Like, I I don't get it. Okay, okay, but by the same token, but by the same token, Joe and I were talking about this before the show. They never strung together two in a row. They never won two cups. No, they didn't. No. Nope. You know, so it's so it's like, you know, these things happen. Even Toronto Argonauts a... at nine and nine winning the great cup happens once in they, a while. I, I don't I don't even know that they have a twice. over 500 record in the great cup. I don't think. Oh, wow. I don't think I don't think Calgary has. Uh, yeah, I think Calgary is is just under 500 for the amount of times they've been in the cup. Like yeah. history. They get. I believe so. Yeah, because. Or they're just 500 now. It's one of the two. But I, I know that they, you know, it's it, they're the greatest regular season team of all time, but not Grey Cups. Yeah, they probably are around 500, actually, because they went along. I think they were seven and seven, if I remember correctly. I think they went along to, like between 1948 and 1991. Right. They only made it three times. Right. Yeah. Right. That was Plus, the thing. It's like, yeah. Most of their I do this in my head. Yeah, most of their history, most of their winning history is in the past couple decades, three decades. Joe, did right. they lose 49? They lost 49 to Montreal, right? After the year they won. With the, yeah, the I don't thing, I don't right? think they won 49. I couldn't tell you who that so they won 48, but I don't know if they lost right. 49. And that was the perfect season. Yeah. And I'm thinking they lost 68, 70. Yeah, yeah, right. They lost 70, 171. Lost 91, 192. They lost, lost 95, 95. 198, lost 99, won 2001, 108, lost 12, 114, lost 16, 17, lost no, 118. So, yeah, they've lost quite a few times. Yeah. And Joe, that were was, you there uh, for brilliant. that 49 game? <laughs> You guys, you guys are talking like, yeah, do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, for That was hilarious. I've seen Calgary lose twice in the Great Cup life, so. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, stay away from them if they to make To my Toronto play. Argonauts. <laughs> nice. To two, two Toronto Argonaut teams that were nine and nine. Right. Yeah. Hey, you're the lucky charm for those The only teams. thing better than watching the Elks win the Great Cup is watching Calgary lose one. It's amazing. <laughs> Joe feels the same way about the about the riders. Correct. Actually, I I can we, I can re- that's the third best thing for me. We all riders. Watching the riders. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you guys. CFL. This blows me away about you know 
CFL fans in general is this dislike of the riders, man. Why they only win the championship like once every 20 years. Um, I mean, like it's like 27 or 28 years at this point. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, yes, but I mean, every time they win, we don't stop hearing about it for the next okay. 20 okay. years before yeah, well, they finally win. It's got to carry the them through, man. It's gonna... Yeah. Well, <laughs> then just win more. Stop. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Point. Oh, taken. That's why. Yeah. Wait a second. We need I, to put a warning label on this episode. This episode not suitable for. <laughs> right. <fans. laughs> well, I, li- I like a lot of their. I like a lot of their fans. I, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm friends with a lot of Ryder fans, but I, for this that team, well, I just can't. Uh, I can't get behind it. And pretty honestly, much what Steve says to me about the Bombers, like I love you, right. I love you guys, but uh, your team, yeah. no. As a collective. <laughs> as a collective. <laughs> That's fair. Well, that's a perfect word. The Ryder Collective, like you know, the Borg. They're like the Borg. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you will be assimilated. That's right. All right. So, yeah. in any case, all right. So, we've actually asked for you know Grey Cup predictions on this show before when it was too outrageously early, but it's no longer too outrageously early. So, let's get some Grey Cup predictions, Andrew. What do you, what do you say? Oh, you start with me. Sure, why not? Jeez. Oh my! Let's start with um, me. I'm gonna uh, let's see. Grey Cup predictions. How wild do I want to be? That's basically <laughs> where I'm thinking right now. Oh, uh, here we go. You're gonna go on All record right. pay, taking the Elks? Uh, no, no, okay. I wouldn't do that. No, okay. I wouldn't do that. That's not. Um, that's too crazy. Here, okay. <laughs> uh, Oz, I'm gonna make you happy. I think that I'm going to say that Montreal finally does pull it all together and they get to the gray cup and they're there against Winnipeg and they beat them. I think, I think Vernon Adams jr. Has the ability to, if, if he connects on his gunslingers and his defense plays well and he stays healthy for an entire season, I feel that he can make a huge impact in this league and I'm excited to watch him do it. I've seen that exact scenario play out in 2019, that late comeback Montreal had against Winnipeg. Yes. Correct. I could absolutely see this play out. Right. It gets, it's the, and the thing is, is we've been, you know, not quietly, maybe not so quietly on our pod saying that, you know, we, we like Montreal, we like what they have there. And if for no other reason that I want Mondo to get a great cup, I would absolutely hope that he leads that defensive line to big things. And, and that Vernon Adams, you know, finds a way to, to learn how to throw an eight yard pass instead of having it to be 30 every right. time. And, and if he can do that and stay healthy, that team has a lot of weapons and uh, it, it could, they could make it very, very interesting. I, I think that would be, uh, it'd be an, it'd be a fun thing to watch. I hope the Alouettes have a lot of weapons. I'm not super confident because the thing, we look really good at every position except for receiver. I mean, we got Weineke out there. We got Eugene Lewis out there. But right now, as far as I can see, it ends there. So I'm hoping that the talent emerges through the year because we're going to need it. I, I just don't think we have enough at receiver right now. So I love this we. I'm getting into the fan thing. I'm, I'm using the the, 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 the first, person, the first person plural. No, the first yes. person plural. Uh, right. Uh, okay. What about it, Will? What, what are you going to take? So since we're on the theme of annoying Saskatchewan fans today, <laughs> uh, Winnipeg will 
we'll represent the West at uh, Mosaic Stadium again. And um, yeah, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to be a homer here. And um, it's the first time since 1950 the Toronto Argonauts will face the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in a Grey Cup. And Which means the, Toronto wins. And you know what's coming? Yeah. The Argos have never <laughs> lost to Winnipeg in a Grey Cup. So number 18 for the Argos. Yeah, I use history against you, though, for just a second. Oh, go for it. Winnipeg won the first regular season game at New Mosaic. They won the first playoff game at New Mosaic. Oh, they won the first West final at New Mosaic. What does that mean? Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, nothing. That, 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 yeah, he's you know right. But, you know what that means? It means when do we stop calling it New Mosaic and just call it Mosaic? Because that's really what it is. At this New point. Taylor Field. There you go. I like. This. We can just call. It, we can just call it Winnipeg Stadium when they win the Grey oh Cup. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! See, I have to. See, I have to. I, I can't. I can't not predict them to go three. See, and a- Andrew, like Andrew in '93, Edmonton won in Calgary, and in '96 yep. we won in um, Hamilton. Yep. So, uh, which um, you shouldn't have, but yes, you're right. It was a fumble. We did, <laughs> but still. Yeah. What fumble? Still, what I, have, I have. One a, of it those was a fumble. Two. It was a fumble. One of those two, but not a Canadian one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, it's uh, yeah. So I mean, that it's it's fine. You can say that. I. But if that we were following along with that, then that should have meant that in 2019, Edmonton should have won the Grey Cup that year because I was in Calgary. Like it should have been a no brainer. That's what would have happened. But you know, whatever. We'll, we'll let them have. I wanted to let them have the one. Now they have two, and now they won't shut up about it again. So no. now they're starting to fall into that rider territory again. I don't know. Back to the Dieter Brock days where I didn't like Winnipeg at all. <laughs> you always beat them. <laughs> if it means I mean, three in a Edmonton. row, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, but they were all. It was always a challenge, and then yeah, but we did beat them up a lot, which was great. I yes. just hope we get back to that. Especially in the playoffs. That's fantastic. Will, I was going to say that you're absolutely correct when you responded to Joe's, you know, first game at Mosaic rant with that means nothing. And then you guys start talking about these arcane, you know, games in 1949. I mean, like, which is it? Is it meaningful or not? I say not. Saskatchewan's one of the few. I think the Argos have yet to win a great cup in Saskatchewan, Montreal, and Calgary. So they have to get, you know, one off the list. Okay. But what about Baltimore, Shreveport, Sacramento? They never, they there wasn't know. a lot of opportunities. <laughs> okay. Joe, uh, you're going Winnipeg. Yep. Over. At this point, Toronto. They're the only team that makes sense right now. We haven't lost a great cup in like 40 years. It's so you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's Joe's bold prediction. So I, you do. I was, okay. I, I was, uh, uh, what, at East Crossover wasn't bold enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. Oh, yeah, but it's getting de rigueur. It's getting very popular to, to pick that these days, uh, at least on this show. <laughs> um, I, I'll tell you what, Andrew, I've got the most insane possible gray cup prediction for you this is how this is how crazy you can get okay so let's say you've got uh gee i don't know maybe ottawa comes out of the east right okay so so just to be the craziest possible you've got ottawa coming out of the east now 
there's the crossover from the east and i've got hamilton in that four spot crossing over so hamilton wins the west <laughs> and plays ottawa there you go that's the <laughs> most insane possible gray cup prediction that is not my prediction i think i'll go with calgary toronto and i think sorry to say well i think calgary would get over the hump i think they'll Ooh. they'll beat them this time on 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 the on the plus side i think toronto won't be nine and nine this season I don't think that's Cal- like Calgary's MO would be they'd get to the Grey Cup and lose it this year and then get to the Grey Cup next year and win it. Like that's how they that's Jeez. that's what they do. So wow. That would be how that would happen. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Right? Yeah. Right? They always yeah. lose one first and then they go the next year and win it. That's how it works. What yeah. kind of odds could I get on that? Or lose twice and then win it. Jeez. Yeah. Well, no, they could lose twice and then the Elks will be good by then and beat them and get oh, there. That'd be Here fine. We Here we go. Talk, oh, about, that's gotta be talk about outrageous predictions. Here we got predictions right? for 2025 going on. That's right. That's <laughs> so who do you got the start somewhere? Let's see. I'm going to go with Halifax. And yeah. Oh, I like this. By <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that would be 2055 probably at that point. Halifax and Saskatoon. There you go. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. I love it. And, and then St. Louis is in there too. Just you got to get a team back in Las Vegas or something. Cause great cup in Las Vegas. Oh just my be... God. That'd be amazing. Oh, dude, that'd be, I could go. That'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be easy for me. Wow. Okay. So, hmm. all right. Real quick. Then we got two more points. I guess we could talk about, let's talk about week one really quick. And it's back to the futility of CFL pickup. Is there anything <laughs> seriously? Is there anything more painful and more fun than CFL pickup? Week well, to week. CFL fantasy. That, that's, yeah. that's more futile. Well, yeah. yeah that's but that's not as much fun. <laughs> I never, it, 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 I, I, Back like two, three, four years ago, they changed the format. It used to be something, I think it was run through TSN before, wasn't it? And when they changed to this new format through CFL.c, I have not been able to master it. Oh, daily. Yeah. They switched to daily. Yeah. Yeah. Like the new fantasy format. I just have not been able to figure it out. Yeah. I was always a fan of fantasy. I wish that had, I did like that one too. Oh, I wish they had survived for the day. That was the sanest uh, solution to the whole quarterback problem. Cause uh, you know, that's always the biggest thing about fantasy, man. Your quarterback goes down the first quarter. You're done for the week. You're done. That's right. You yeah. better hope it's Thursday night football. So you can, you know, relax over the weekend, knowing you're going to lose. <laughs> it's like, all right. So let's talk about these games. Uh, I couldn't really find point spreads for these things, which is too bad because, of course, this is football. So we like talking point spreads. Um, We're supposed to promote gambling. <laughs> <laughs> right. We still don't have a sponsor. So I can't really promote gambling. No, I always, as I always say, I say this at least once a season. So I'm going to say it right here now. I'm not trying to promote gambling by, by quoting point spreads and odds and stuff like that. But the reality is that. You know, say in the NFL, Tom Brady is going to make his money whether he wins or loses. But the bookies could lose millions if they get it. Yeah, there's no, there's no so, point spreads out. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I think what happened was is last year, going into last season, the CFL made a deal with a Canadian-based uh, gambling 
a concern, like a sports betting concern. Yeah. And so, and so it's almost been impossible since like week one of last season to get week to week point spreads anywhere else um, besides in Canada. So at, through that one sports book. So in any case, we can at least play CFL pick them anyway. Well, the first game is Montreal at Calgary. Uh, I'm going to take Calgary because I mean, I'm going to take Montreal because Calgary always starts slow. Montreal is not bothered by playing at Calgary. Historically, I think Kari Jones is going to be ready for week one. I, somebody else had Montreal winning week one too. I do. I I had Montreal winning week one. Okay, great. All right. What are you saying here, Joe? What do you like? Uh, I got Calgary uh, just starting the season at home and, just with Vernon being boomer bust, I don't know which yet. So I don't feel comfortable making the call on him going west in week one and winning. Although week one in any football league is always a complete crap. Right. So. <laughs> right. 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 The amount that you know now is like one percent what you're gonna know after week one. That's that's the way it always is in football. It, it's it's futility to bet these things. So actually, it's a good thing I don't have the point spreads. Uh, you should never bet week one in football, Andrew. What do you think? Montreal at Calgary. Oh, I got Calgary at home. Um, and, and, you know, I think Calgary's preseason just showed that they, they have guys that can fit in a system. And so I, I think they'll, they'll I don't think they're going to roll over them. I think it'll be a good back and forth game, but I'm going to, I'm going to give Calgary the win at home and, and then I'm happy either way, right? Either Calgary loses or I win pick them. <laughs> I, that's a great strategy for Pickham. That, that's a great strategy. All right. So next up, we have Ottawa at Winnipeg, at which Joe will be in attendance. Joe, what are you predicting for this game? What are you going to see? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Ottawa not having William Powell is not going to help them much. They're going to put up a fight, but they haven't. they haven't had time to gel yet. It's going to take them about a month, I think, to start hitting on all cylinders, which is why I picked them to go fourth in the East when I think they've got a legitimate shot to do a little bit better than that, but I think a rough start is going to hinder that. And they go Winnipeg, Winnipeg, first two weeks. Like It's not, they're not, it's not a real, really a nice start when you've got pieces from all over the place you're trying to plug in and make fit. Winnipeg's not the team you want to face when you haven't, work together all that much yet well ottawa hasn't played winnipeg in like three years right that's also true <laughs> true so so i got no problem with them going back to back um tell you what though the the thing that i'm going to look at in ottawa this year is that secondary right i mean in the offseason they signed uh, tremaine washington who reportedly has been eating it up in the training camp um, he got Pat- cut. but did he, got he cut tremaine yes, washington he oh yes, wow he Oh, I, I was shocked. I take it all back. I take it I all was back. Shocked. They, he was getting great press. What happened there? Is it a discipline thing or what? like? No idea. No I thought idea. it was working out. Oh well, I take it back. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the uh, Joe taking uh, several weeks to gel. All right, Joe, give us a uh, give us a score then. Something like thirty-five to twenty. I don't. It's going to be That's comfortable. Reasonable. It's going to be comfortable, but Ottawa's got enough talent to be in the game at halftime okay. but we remember that winnipeg was stupid hot in the fourth quarter last year right that's right i'm hoping yep. that carries forward but i can't i 
I'm sure they'll give up a touchdown in the fourth quarter of the first game this year because that's the way football works. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the way trying to pick these games works. Okay, um, Will, what are you thinking here? Uh, I have Winnipeg, but uh, I'm taking the under and um, probably uh, I don't know what the point spread is, but I think Ottawa will probably cover. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. It's points where it's probably not going to be that high. These things never are in the CFL, especially in the first week. Okay. What are you thinking here, Andrew? Queen clean sweep Winnipeg easy. Yeah. I got to go clean sweep with Winnipeg in this one. I agree with Joe. Ottawa is still, you know, forming as a team. So, so. Um, whereas Winnipeg out of every team, maybe other than Hamilton has the most consistency year over year. So uh, I think that, that bodes well for them. I know they had some big changes, but they have guys that have played there before. So uh, I, they're overall, they had the consistency and they have the best offensive line in the league and that will win you a lot of games. So I'll, I'll, I'll take Winnipeg in game one. Okay. Uh, you're saying Hamilton is consistent and you hate the riders. So I always like that's at riders. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, guess where I'm going. No, uh, you know what? I I, I think Ham- I think Hamilton finds a way. I think they go in there and finds find a way. I think Dane Evans wants to show that he can lead this team all on his own. And and Saskatchewan looks like they're still you know kind of figuring things out on the defensive side of the ball this year. And and um, so I I don't know. I I'm and they haven't really done much to improve their offensive line. I'm going to go with Tiger Cats in this one. I think they put some pressure on Cody Fajardo and we'll see how, how it goes. Okay. Will? I have Saskatchewan and I don't normally pick Saskatchewan. But they are Clay playing always gives, Tiger Cats. So. Clay always gives me hell for picking, never picking Saskatchewan. Um, I don't know. Hamilton early in the season, as I said, they, they do have a few slip-ups usually. So um, they tend to start slower. So and at home, the riders, I think they pull it out. I see what you're doing, though. You're setting this up. <laughs> it's like, so Toronto's going to start the season. Everybody else is 0-1 in the East. Well, we're going to be 0-0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Remember, I, I did pick Montreal, so Montreal's going to be 1-0. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. 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 Right. All right. Uh, Joe, what do you got here? Tie actually, actually I'm with Will. I just think... I think Hamilton going on the road out west the first week isn't a really a recipe for success. Um, it'll give it'll give Roger fans false hope. I think that they have a nice because I, I, if I remember correctly, last year Hamilton started out Winnipeg and Saskatchewan and just got blown mm-hmm. out in both of them. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't see that changing. I see I, I see them struggling in week one going out west. They it always feels like that's where they struggle the most is that they can usually hold their own against the Eastern teams or the Western teams at home. But when they go on the road out West, it's, it's never usually a pretty picture for them. I got to rant about this again. All four games are in the West. And I thought that we did this last year because of COVID. And I thought that this year it would be nice if the Eastern side could get payback for that. You know, I, I thought it would be good if we started the season in the East this year. I think that would be nice. It would be a nice gesture. But nope, 
see what I know. I suck. And uh, anyone else? Anyone else upset that they they're not they don't have the Grey Cup rematch as the first game? Yeah, how about no. that? Because <laughs> I I loved that. I love when they do that. I yeah. thought it was always great to have that rematch in the first week. Yeah. And and yeah. but so it's a little weird. They're they're separated. I I would rather have them played each other. But anyway, that's just mm-hmm. my thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, you know, again, Ottawa at Winnipeg because Ottawa hadn't played Winnipeg in so right. damn long. Uh, I guess yeah. that makes sense, but not exactly so, not exactly the marquee game you expect in week correct. one for the defending correct. champs, you know. Um, I have decided in this podcast that I am incredibly sick of the Tiger Cats. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the riders. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to say the writers are going to ring up like 35 points. As we spend an hour bashing the writers, then all of a right, sudden. Right, exactly. I'm just bringing it. Four, four writers, writers, writers. No, that's <laughs> right. That's week one. It's week one. We're going to get their hopes up. Right. So final game, Edmonton Elks at BC Lions. Now, a lot of us have, in fact, I think all of us have these two teams in the bottom of the three of the West. Um, what do you say, Andrew? Uh, this one, I am going to go with the Elks, uh, of course, because why wouldn't I, but, but also because I think that, uh, the, you have young quarterbacks in, on both sides of the ball, um, and definitely on the BC side of the ball. And if you had to pick one of those two defensive lines that's going to put more pressure on the quarterback, I'm picking the Elks over the lions right now. And so I think that's a huge difference maker in this game uh, is that I I have a feeling this is going to turn into a field, a field goal back and forth uh, game. Uh, But I think if you had to just go based on getting pressure on the quarterback, I think the Elks will do better at that and that will win them this game. Okay. All right. Uh, Joe, what do you got? I've got BC at home. And if the roles were were reversed, (laughs) if Edmonton's at home, I'm picking Edmonton in this game because it's in my mind, it's a toss up. Why would you do that? We don't win at home. I don't know. Did you watch last season? Yeah. How about it? We don't win it. We only win on the road. That's that's no, I I think that changes. I think that I think there will be a better atmosphere in Edmonton this year. Just just kind of a gut feeling I have, you know, maybe because they have a fantastic president now instead of like a non entity (laughs) and they have new coach, new GM group. They have something that that wasn't there last year and that's called hope nope. that's very true <laughs> very true Damn. so it might I be think, all we have but we have hope uh, so i think the home field is going to be a little bit more of an advantage this year for edmonton but no i got i got bc and i could see it coming down to a big player too and i think the team with the better playmakers is bc just with whitehead and burnham out wide they can get if they get the ball in their hands one big play could be the difference in this one. And I, I would counter with uh, Darrell Walker and Kenny Lawler. Like, I, I don't think it's that far of a difference between the two, honestly. Like, now, last year, Darrell Walker, absolutely. But we're seeing him turn that corner. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's going to be a very interesting game. I'm so excited to sit and watch it and see how Yeah, it it's going to be a good matchup it's gonna be a fun one to watch if i could stay up that late after all my travels <laughs> <laughs> i i just i just gotta interject here andrew and joe you're talking about how the elks have hope is he the like middle linebacker out of chattanooga who who is hope <laughs> yeah. 
I don't recall that. I don't recall this guy on the roster on Edmonton. Uh, Will? Well, this is a Chris Jones team, so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He will be on the team at some point if he's not That's already. Right. All right, Will. He's you, on the practice, you... practice roster. Yeah. I'm. Uh, <laughs> what are you thinking on this last one? The double pro- secret probation roster. I have to um, disappoint Andrew, but I am with Joe in picking the Lions at home. I want to see Nate, the Nathan Rourke, Michael O'Connor era get off to a good start. Yeah, you know, I like this new owner in BC, so I want to see you know a good crowd in BC go home happy. Yeah, I'm gonna go BC. Joe stole my line basically again. Like you know, I'm thinking this is a toss up. If I'm right, and the Elks are gonna finish in last, if Joe's right, and they're gonna have a rough first half of the season. I mean, you know, the number, the odds are not in their favor, as they say in the Hunger Games. Uh, so I'm just gonna go BC lines, especially for the sake of pick them. I'll just take bc lions at home here but hey at least none of these i will take notes to send you all a tweet after the game is over wow after you gotta pace yourself man it's the first week (laughs) this is when we can strike because nobody will friggin know what we can do that's the only time once they know what we can do it's gonna get it'll be harder we gotta strike early yeah, after that first week of game film, it's all over. Right? That's right. <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly. You're you're unlocked for the rest of the season. Uh, right. right. Okay. So so I guess just one last thing. Um, the other that other great bit of masochism that football fans like to take part in every season is fantasy football, as uh, Will mentioned earlier. Uh, the uh, now I believe all four of us this year are in the the CFL fantasy competition. Mm-hmm. Am I correct on that, Joe? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we're we're yes, all sir. in it. Okay, now, Joe, you, you threatened us earlier saying you had the schedule. Um, yes, who, yes, I do. Who's playing who, especially among this lot? So Oz has got uh, Ryan Coop from the Canadian Football Countdown show. I've got X's oh, and Argos. Oz, too bad you're going 0-1 this week, Oz. <laughs> I don't know if you know. <laughs> Ryan's pretty good at this. Yeah. yeah I'm, I haven't played in years CFL fantasy, so... <laughs> I'm expecting nothing. I'm expecting a rebuilding year. Excellent. Yeah. Expansion I'm, franchise. I'm the, I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Expansion franchise. Yeah. I've got X's and Argos. So my title defense is going to go up against somebody that probably has forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. So that's great. <laughs> um, right. Argos fan cast, the, the group Will is a part of, is facing Rod over at Wood Cookie Cast. And, you know, he likes to spend a lot of time on fantasy football. So yes. he's going to be a, he's definitely going to be. And, and, and we don't. <laughs> yeah, he's going to, he'll be a tough out. Uh, and then the Turf District's got uh, Trey over from the CFC. Um, so uh, definitely a lot, definitely some good matchups in week one. Uh, a bunch of new people in the competition this year so uh my chances of lucking into a a wild playoff run are probably a lot lower than they than they were last year but we'll see who's <laughs> travis got in week one travis, travis has got uh ryan so travis wow. has got the advantage here because ryan's going to pick all stamps you're right correct all right oh great i can't wait for my stamps that might week. that might work for him it it might but you know, yeah. to get all them, all of them on the roster, he might have to play some backups. He might, yeah, he might. But that's <laughs> not not unlike what he will try to do. So that's fine. No, that's exactly what he's going <laughs> yeah. to do. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. No dummy. He's nothing if not predictable. No dummy. Correct. Well, <laughs> I'm picking all the guys on your favorite team. I don't. That's not smart. <laughs> It has paid off for him before. I'm not going to lie. I've seen well, it I mean, him, it's, so it's tough gonna... to take an over for this season. Um, we had last season I played. I was actually quite happy because it was the first time I played in years. I played in NFL fantasy league and I was playing against, you know, basically a bunch of NFL historians and I won. So I was very pleased. But sure enough, there was a dude in the league who, who had every Packers player. You know, and the I worst... failed to see the problem here. Oh, there's a, there's <laughs> terrible problems. The, <laughs> the problem was is that he filled out the positions in order, right? So he missed out on Devontae Adams and he missed out on like one other like flex player. And so he had all Packers, but you know, he had Rodgers and then you know their fourth on down. So it's just like not only was it all Packers, it was a weak all Packers, you know, it's just, oh, geez. it was brutal. So every week is a bye week. And since we had 16 teams in the league, I never got to play them. I never got my Packers bye week. Oh, so I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> I can't wait to beat the stamps this, this season in fantasy football. All right. All right. Any last words as we close it out? Uh, let's go to Will first. Will, any last words of wisdom to close our show today? Joe, I'm giving you lots of lead time, so you got no excuse tonight. No, what? no, no words of wisdom. No um, words of wisdom. So, well, no, I, I, you know, the, I uh, CFL on Reddit posted something. Hypothetically, you gain control of the CFL Twitter account. You have 10 minutes to tweet something that causes as much chaos as problems. What do you tweet? I mean, the obvious answer here is Bo Levi Mitchell is signed with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That would create the most chaos, hypothetically. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Wow. Well, she. To Bo Levi Mitchell them, traded to the traded to the Riders. That might be worse for for Cody Fajardo. Yeah, <laughs> that that <laughs> would up. cause chaos. That would cause chaos in both. Lands. That's hilarious. We'd be outstanding. Well, yeah. gee, if, if no, you want the maximum Twitter outrage on that. Bo Levi to the riders for Fajardo and Fake Gator. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nice. Actually, wow, wouldn't, no. wouldn't would it be better actually if you said Bo Levi to the riders and uh, the stamps were getting back um, uh, Duke. Duke Williams, like that would be, that would explode on both sides because Calgary doesn't need a receiver. So all the Calgary fans would be like, what the hell? And then all the Ryder fans would be like, we have a quarterback. Why do we need another one? And why did you trade away our best receiver? Like that would, that would, that would cause some chaos. That would be pretty Oh, cool. I could, no, I, no, I, I could blow it all up. Okay, here you go. Ready? All you need, you put hashtag, say cxfl and you have a picture of the rock oh that's god all you would, would need that all you would need something and you like know that. what that's 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 glorious because then everybody draws their own conclusions and, right exactly that would cause the most chaos and you would have and five I, billion and, different and, responses and a, a video of reed laughing maniacally <laughs> perfect or you know just something where you photoshop him in like 
you know, leaning on the CFL helmet or something like that, you know, or he's holding a football helmet or something like that. That's all you'd have to do. You, you don't have to say anything. And, and you know, uh, I'm not sure that an Ottawa Red Blacks fan is going to care that much about Cody Fajardo. So that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But either that or you could announce expansion to the U.S. They're going to try the U.S. expansion again. That would be that cool. Might, that might yeah. also do it. We're yeah. going to try and compete in the spring and in the U.S. <laughs> oh, wow. Teams in the South again. Right. right. The return of the Shreveport Bandits and the Las Vegas Posse. Training yeah. camp training camp uh, over a petting zoo with uh, Shreveport. Jeez. Oh, oh. nice. When Forrest Gregg is the better option uh, uh, as a coach, that's <laughs> is he dead? He is now, but I mean, well, he's still the better what's option. What's to stop the Shreveport Pirates? <laughs> that's true. The Liebermans have drafted a dead person, I think. So true. Yep, it's what they do best. Yep. Damn. Well, that blew that right out of the water. Okay, Andrew, how do you want to? Get- how do you want to escape? Good Lord. I, I don't know. Um, can I we guess, escape? Uh, can we escape? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, my, I guess my final thought is that uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the season to start. I'm excited Yay. to have some CFL family back together again. Uh, it's been it, the last game that I was at was the Grey Cup in 2019. And I haven't been to a game since then. Um, so this Saturday is, is probably going to be emotional. Um, but I, I'm, I'm excited to be back and to see, you know, my friends across the CFL, both, both here in Edmonton, but also out in, in other uh, stadiums this year. And, and I, I hope it's a great year just even just for that, I, I need it to be a great year off the field uh, and then some improvement on the field. And, and that that's got me pretty excited for this year. Isn't that the great same year. in your case, Joe? You you haven't been since 2019 Grey Cup either, right? Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah. Americans didn't have much access there. That's right. Huh? Last year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we yeah, there was the, last year would have been too many hoops to jump through. Yeah. And for. And and at the time there was still a lot more, a lot more COVID going around, so it just it, it didn't feel right. So, I I circled I circled this year on the calendar about June of last year, saying that's probably the better play. So I'm going to make the most of it. <laughs> you just bought the calendar and just circled it, circled the whole calendar, right? Mm-hmm. 2022. <laughs> there you go. This is the year. <laughs> I'm circling yes, this and, year. And sorry, we're going to cut. Montreal a little short because I need to make sure Ottawa's in there in case something else stupid happens. I need oh. my Kevin Glenn. I need my nine cities. That's true. Yeah, that's that is too bad because Montreal is awesome. I don't. Montreal's it also gives me. Ottawa. It also gives me an excuse to go back. That's true. That's true. That's true. Now you're going with your wife, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So she'll love Montreal. So you'll go back. You'll go back. Okay. Um, word to Andrew. Well said, Andrew. I agree. Nice to have the normal 18-game season back, the preseason back. Joe, last words for the show? Not last words. Last words for the show? Sorry about all the rider bashing, but we had a little bit of fun doing that, I'll be honest. Um, we kid because we love. Sorry. Yes, it wouldn't be the same without you guys. So. Oh, absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. Okay, great. Well, let's put a bow on it. Uh, my name's Oz Davis. For everybody else on this show today, enjoy opening week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. <laughs>